All right, I want to tell you something. Okay. I bought bananas, mm-hmm. grapes, mm-hmm. blueberries, and Bing cherries. You know what those are? The cherries with the little stem. It's got the little uh, seed okay. inside. Yeah. I bought those yesterday at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Every one of them, outstanding. Do you remove the seed from the cherry? Let me, let me school you, bro. Eat it and then spit it let out. Me, let, me, let me school you, bro. Okay. What you do is you take the cherry mm-hmm. by the stem, mm-hmm. and you pop it in your mouth, and then you yank the stem off. Mm. You chew the cherry, being careful not to break a tooth on the uh, seed, because that yeah. is very hard. It's mm-hmm. a very hard and pretty big. And then you eat around it, and then you and then you spit it. And if you can spit it into a metal bowl so that it goes, ding, it's really even the better. But uh, you don't have to do it that way. Welcome to the Greg and Dan Show After Party. I'm your host, Corey Wara. Greg Batten. I'm Corey. Hi, how are you today? What's up, man? Hey, can I ever tell you about fruit? You want to talk about fruit Yeah, at explain all? fruit to me, Greg. Fruit's good. Yeah, it fruit's is good. Fruit's so good. <laughs> What's your favorite fruit? Wow, that's a good question. Yeah. What is my favorite fruit? Name a fruit. And Okay, let's just go through the fruits. Yeah. Bananas. Mm-hmm. Love them. Those are good. And today I had a banana just a minute ago before we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. That was an excellent banana. Okay. That was a really good banana. Yeah. Can I tell you a banana story? Tell me a banana story. Here we go. In my previous <laughs> life, before broadcasting. You were a banana? One of the things I did uh-huh. was I sold stuff for my dad's business. Yeah. Okay. My dad's business started out strictly selling welding equipment, mm-hmm. but related to welding equipment are gases like oxygen, oxygen, acetylene, uh, uh, nitrogen, things like that, that yeah. are used in welding. Mm-hmm. And as a result of being in the gas business, you would find yourself selling other kinds of gases that were what they called specialty gases. Yeah. And there was one gas that was sold, and it was kind of under my umbrella of responsibility for a while. It was called banana gas. Banana gas. What would you think banana gas would be used for? Now, that was a colloquial term. It, was, it had a real chemical name to it. Yeah. But if you, if you would buy a, a bunch of bananas, mm-hmm. right? And you buy them greenish. Yeah. Right? The reason they ripen is that, in fact, all fruit does this, but bananas have a very specific gas that they give off that you can't smell, we can't smell. And that gas is what makes the banana ripen. Oh. So when banana growers pick the bananas and send them, they're really green, like Green, green, green. Ah, yeah. They are stored in a warehouse somewhere before they get to your grocery store. At that warehouse, just before delivery to the grocery store, they put them in a sealed room. They fill the room with artificial banana gas that I would have sold to them. Mm -hmm. They bring them from really, really green, green to greeny, yellowy. Yeah. The way you see them at the grocery store that you go, oh, those aren't quite ripe yet, but those are good because they'll ripen in my house. Yeah. If they didn't do that, it would take way too long for them to ripen. Wow. Also, they couldn't do, the, the whole mechanism wouldn't work. Yeah. So they have to artificially ripen them, huh. but they're artificially ripening them with a gas that is the same chemical makeup as the gas the banana actually gives off. That's fascinating. Thank you, sir. I felt always pretty smart about that. But I'm always worried, though, when I talk to no, you and you tell me this one's stories. true. This, this one's true. true? This okay. one's true. Oh. I'll give it to you. That, yeah. This one's true. Did you enjoy your time working at that welding, fa- I, uh, welding factory? That wasn't a welding no, factory. factory yeah. it, was, it was a welding supply, supply company. Yeah. Um, 
I did because it was my dad's pride and joy. Mm-hmm. And I was always proud of my dad. He came from nothing and built a nice business and, and employed a lot of people and made money and stuff. And I and I liked the way my dad treated people. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work wasn't always something I was excited about. Yeah. Um, but I did it all through my high school years. I was, you know, that's what I did. Oh, cool. Yeah. Summers and I did all the grunt work and all that kind of stuff. And then out of college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I spent five years as a salesperson, mm-hmm. knocking on doors. And uh, what was your dad's reaction when you told him, "Hey, I'm leaving to go do my, radio"? My dad's reaction. Uh, a lot of people asked me that because he, I was the second kid to come into the business. My brother Ed was already running it, mm. and uh, my dad was elated. And here's why. When my dad was 19, 20 years old, mm-hmm. went to work at Caterpillar Tractor Company. You've heard of it? Yep. As a welder, mm-hmm. welding was brand new. And he worked hard. Then he went to World War II, and he came back, and he just realized how hard this was and how dirty. And mm-hmm. he was breathing all this crap long before OSHA put in ventilators and yeah. masks and things. And he was like, I still like this concept. I just don't want to physically do it. Yeah. So he went and found himself a job selling it. Mm. selling welding stuff, and then eventually bought that business. Yeah. But as he left Caterpillar, all of his buddies are like, oh, you'll be back. Everybody comes back. Everybody comes back. Not knowing that my dad, much like myself, when told that they are going to do something, will absolutely kill himself (laughs) to not do that. Yeah. And so there was no way he was going back. Uh And so he felt the same for me was like, well, if you really want to do this, it feels like the same way I wanted to leave Caterpillar. Oh, cool. yeah. He didn't want somebody to go, oh, you'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back. And they did. They did say that. Oh, you'll be back. And I didn't go. I, w- I would have done anything else and not gone back. Yeah. Oh, that's I do think about it sometimes, though, because had I stayed, mm-hmm. my life would be enormously different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it would really be. be. It, w- it would be. First of all, it would probably be enormously financially secure. Mm hmm. Because the business has already had a big history, yeah. and it was successful, and I could, my brother would have retired, and then I would have taken over, and, mm-hmm. and and I think about that a lot. I think, what would that have been like? I think I would have been very sad. Yeah, you never would have met your wife. Well, yeah, you think about all those yeah. things. Uh, yeah, all the, the little uh, the turns and, and, and twists that happen in a person's life. Mm-hmm. But I just think from a what you do for a living point yeah. of view, I don't think I would have been happy. Yeah, I could have been. I, I could have been satisfied because I would have had material things, mm-hmm. but that's not what drives me. Yeah, I, I was. That's what I thought about all the time in college. I was like, you know, what what do I value the most in life? And money isn't up there. I mean, I want to be up. I want to be secure, and yeah, I want to have money. Right. Yeah, and I want to be able to give my kids what my parents gave me. But uh, at the same time, too. Uh, it was to me. It's the job you're doing it every day, and if you're not right. happy there, right. I just can't. Well, and I had the I had the, the blessing of watching my father, who yeah. loved it. Mm-hmm. He, he he never thought he was going to work. Uh, he yep. just loved every second of what he was doing, mm-hmm. and and did it twenty four seven. It just that's who that person he was was that person. Yeah. Unlike other people I knew who went to jobs that uh, I would hear their dads complain, uh, my friends' dads would go, oh, I hate this job. You know, and I couldn't yeah. understand it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to go down a path of regret. Yeah. yeah. I, that's my biggest thing with, uh, now I don't have a family, well, family as in like kids or a wife or anything right now, but uh, what is hard for people that if 
you don't like the job that you have. Why don't you leave? Is it just the in the well, unsure of it? Yeah, you get to a certain point in your life, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's all of a sudden it becomes really difficult. To, yeah. I get I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you make some decision. Maybe you're 25 years old. You start working for a place, and then pretty soon you're like 35. And you're like, I got 10 years into this. Yeah, I'm I'm making pretty well. I don't hate it mm-hmm. um uh and then pretty soon you you feel like oh i'm too old to change i remember one time years ago during a caterpillar strike uh back in the 80s when my wife yvonne greer was uh one of the news people that covered that strike mm-hmm. strongly she had a guy talking to her one of the uaw uh, workers and they had been out of work for quite some time and he said he wanted um to go back to school to become a chef or something like that. I may have that wrong, but some job. Yeah. And he goes, but I don't, he goes, I'll be 52 years old when I'm done, when I get done. And she said, you're going to be 52 anyway. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Right, yeah. go do it. You're going to yeah. be 52. Would you rather be 52 and being something like a chef or, yeah. or whatever it was that he was thinking about doing? Why is there that stigma of after a certain point, oh, I can't radically change my job? Why not? I mean, there are successful people that find success later in life. But it's, it's well, it's a combination of a lot of things. Fear, security. Yeah. We want, here's something we want as humans. We want to feel secure. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons in this pandemic right now, there's mm-hmm. so much anger and anxiousness. We are not secure right now. Mm-hmm. Everything we thought to be true, going to school, watching a football game, uh, uh, being able to go to the grocery store as a family and not wear masks, all those things remind us every day there is no secure. There, there, yeah. there really it has never been a secure. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion that we buy into so that we can get up every morning and not be scared. That's a good point. That got deep. Greg. That did get deep. <laughs> What's your cure for boredom? I just got bored with it. <laughs> um, lately, mm-hmm. lately, I'm trying to cultivate this uh, muscle mm-hmm. is to just find one thing to go fix. Oh, cool. Maybe it's, hey, there's a bunch of stuff on the dining room table. Yeah. Take one pile off the table. Nice. Uh, go fix that cabinet you've been thinking about fixing for five years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, go stand outside and see if there's something in the yard you could do. Mm. I try to just go do a little thing, and then, then I pretty soon you find yourself doing other things. Yeah, and so that anymore. sparks. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm not sure that's a really great answer, but it's what well, I'm working I mean, on it, in my brain right now. Yeah, these days. it keeps you busy for, and to not think about boredom and gives you something to do, which is. I don't get bored too much because I enjoy being bored. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't require something to have to happen to me all yeah. the time. There's something nice about just the the quietness of just you know being bored. There is a, a great you know, and I know a lot of people lament how children don't have enough time to be bored these mm-hmm. days because they're addicted to screens or they're d- too overscheduled with sports and mm-hmm. all these things. I, I don't discount that complaint because mm-hmm. I do think of the times when I was with my friends when I was little and even in high school and even in college where we were doing zero. Yeah. <laughs> but then pretty soon somebody starts doing something and then you start playing a game or you, mm-hmm. you're screwing around, throwing rocks into the water. You know, whatever it yeah. is, there is something helpful to your brain to have that. Yeah. And to be wildly 
scheduled all the time, I don't think that's a healthy thing. Yeah, I think that's one of the greatest experiences I had moving away for college. It was just that. I'll never forget. It was just one time we were just sitting around, and somehow it ended up with us throwing sandwiches out of our, I think it was like the 24th floor of this Good. building. Good it idea. It was great. Good idea. Throwing yeah. sandwiches. Were you feeding people, or are you just throwing sandwiches? We're just throwing sandwiches out. Okay. All now, right. we might have had a few things before then, but. Okay. Yeah. I understand. Uh, what's been the scariest moment of your life? By the way, there were yeah. some pigeons down on the street. Yeah. <laughs> this day is the best <laughs> yes. day. I just got a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> what is the what has been the most scariest moment of your life? <laughs> I have had uh, a handful where I was pretty scared. But I will tell you, in all honesty, right up there in the top one or two or three mm -hmm. is a story I haven't told for a long time on the radio. But I went to Costa Rica on vacation yep. and I went down a water slide that... I thought I was going to die. I really thought I was going to die. It was made out of cement. It was. It sat on the ground. It wasn't. You know, water slides usually raised up on yeah. on legs, mm -hmm. right? It was built on the side of a mountain. So you walked up, and you got in the the um, water slide one at a time. And when you got in, you, you know, like, where's the water? And you're wearing an inner tube around your waist mm -hmm. and a helmet. Right there, and you should have known yeah, something you, bad's uh, going to happen. Yeah. And the, I said to the guy, where's the water? He goes, oh, it's right behind this wall. And right behind me, there's this wooden wall slash door that raises straight up. Yeah. And he said, are you ready? And I said, yeah, I guess. And he just opens it with a, with a lever, mm. and all of this mountain water just flushes you like you're being flushed down a toilet. Yeah. And pretty soon, here we go, man. We are ripping. <laughs> and I thought... And I'm banging my head on the side of the cement. That's why you're wearing the helmet, right? Yeah. But I thought there was going to be a point where I was going to flip up. Because I'm a bigger guy and gravity takes you. Yeah. I thought I was going to go up over the edge and I would just crash into trees and it would be over. Yeah. It would be over. Um, and it, it didn't happen that way. The, yeah. the ironic thing was at the end, mm -hmm. when you, usually when you come off a water slide, you hit the water and you skip. You know, I mean, you're yeah. flying. This was designed so you kind of just like... You just like when you got to the end, you just, you just bare, it was like it hadn't even happened. Yeah, the lady behind me I had met on this vacation was a farm woman from Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. She was a little older than me. She got herself flipped over on her stomach, oh. and her face got just destroyed. Oh my! She was God. bleeding like crazy. Oh no, dude! I was I was. Really convinced I was going to die. Did you have a flash, life flash before you? No, all I could think of was my daughter was with me, Ginger was with me, and she was only about, <laughs> let's see, she was about 12. Yeah. Uh, my wife and my son were at a different adventure, like mm -hmm. 50 miles away. I was like, How, who's going to take care of my daughter? How is she going to get back to the hotel yeah. with me being dead and all? That, that's the perfect my, origin story, And with though. my tree, uh, with a tree run uh, run through my stomach. <laughs> yeah. That would be a perfect origin, though, for her superhero. My dad died in a, yeah. a, a swimming accident. Now I'm water girl or something. There is a funny picture of me. You've seen it. Oh, yeah, It's on our Facebook. I love that picture. Yeah, it's a great picture. I was terrified. <laughs> uh, finally, Greg, what is the one thing you realized during this pandemic? I realized that I really, really, really like my family. 
That's really nice. My my my. We were just talking about this two days ago. Yeah. In fact, Ginger got all teary eyed. She's getting ready to go back to her college. Mm-hmm. She's like, I I don't really want to go back. <laughs> and she got she got teared up a little bit. I said, I know. This has been. She's been home since. Well, all of us have been doing this thing since March or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we get along. We're we're very good at getting along with each other. We don't have arguments. Oh, we've had a couple. Yeah. But for the most part. We all kind of stay separate. Mm-hmm. We realize when somebody needs some time, if they go to their room and they're talking with their friends on uh, FaceTime or whatever, you know, yeah, uh, then leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we help out with each other. I did think there was something weird going on yesterday. It was right during that storm we had. We had a big storm yesterday yeah. here in central Illinois. And my son came walking downstairs with the uh, – he had emptied the garbage in his room and in his bathroom – and all I could chalk it up to was the drop in barometric pressure must have affected his brain because that's not how he works. <laughs> yeah. He needs to be reminded a lot to mm-hmm. clean up. So I didn't know what was going on. But we, we watch out for each other. Uh, we make each other laugh and uh, genuinely like hanging out. I, I, that was, that's was that been the biggest one. Yeah. And uh, there's another one that I don't need to be going around doing stuff all the time. Oh, I've yeah. spent the last five years being extraordinarily busy. For no particular reason. <laughs> I don't need to do that. Yeah. I don't need to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm really close with my family, too, and it's always uh, it shocked me whenever I talk to people and realize that's not the same for everybody. And I will say this. You and I are lucky there because yeah. there are people right now, which makes this pandemic and staying home and all this harder yes. because their break every day is to be away from somebody in their family that mm-hmm. they don't get along with. And God forbid, I hope it's not an abusive situation, but there are yeah. those. And and so you can't take it for granted that everybody's happy at home. They're not. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was a fun day. This yeah. has been a fun, uh, this is a serious podcast. Yeah, nice that? and easy. And I feel got, good about it. Got all. good stories. Can I tell it. you about fruit? And it was called, it was called, um, I want to make sure we're still recording. I don't know what happened there. This is totally going to be the end of the podcast. 